Hi folks, I'm Bob Main, and welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 534 to be exact, and this is being released on Sunday, December 13th, 2020. It's the first episode of the official Christmas season, so Merry Christmas everybody. I hope everybody's having a good Christmas season, and um, yeah, I know it's been a tough year, and it's you know, we've had all these challenges and everything, but let's be let's be thankful and let's celebrate and let's spend good time together during this Christmas season. And so I'm going to help you out this week in doing that and talking about some guns and some gun rights issues. First of all, let me mention this show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic holsters right now. I have a Concealment Solutions holster right now, which is uh, carrying my SIG P365. They are fantastic makers of all kinds of carry equipment. Check them out, ConcealmentSolutions.com, ConcealmentSolutions.com. You get a 10% discount because you are a Handgun World podcast listener. And just use the code HANDGUNWORLD at checkout. And you'll get that 10% discount. Next, I am an everyday guy. I am not ex-law enforcement or ex-military. I'm not even a fancy gunsmith or anything. What you get when you listen to this show is you get an everyday guy like me. And my perspective on concealed carrying, competition shooting, gun rights, and things firearms related. I also mix a little bit of survival and modern day preparedness into this show as well so hopefully you're going to get that kind of perspective and uh, not some paid industry insiders perspective and that's I think that's important and I again I only have one sponsor concealment solutions so this is a listener supported show the good thing about that is that I can be independent I can say what I want I, I don't have to worry about upsetting sponsors that are paying me a lot of money so i i do need your support and a lot of you support this show on a regular basis i'll talk more a little bit about that later so yesterday uh i did some competition shooting and uh you know a friend of mine and i we decided to get pretty heavily into reloading and he's uh, extremely good at it uh, it's been a it, you know it's been a while since he did it he did it several years ago when we first started reloading about four or five months ago, again, when he started and I, I got into it, we weren't so good. We made some mistakes. We we loaded some ammo that really wasn't all that good. Now, we're getting it down and, and we're figuring out what we can and what we cannot do. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, my buddy Mark does most of the actual intricate parts of the reloading I do a significant amount to help him out in what he's doing I will I'll try my own hand on the press on the reloading press at some point but uh, I gotta feel comfort uh, confident in what I'm doing one of the things that I'm learning is although you can save money reloading components primers bullets powder brass it's tough to get all that stuff it really is. Uh, we both of us have turned into a couple of range chickens, and uh, you know what a range chicken is? Range chicken? Yeah, they're they're people that are that are bending over picking up brass. They look like chickens picking up picking up uh, brass. But now I understand why they do it. 
Now I understand why the range chickens are out there picking up brass because they are the reloaders. That's how you can spot the reloaders on the range. And uh, But it's okay because it saves a significant amount of money. I think we are we're reloading 9mm FMJ target rounds, range rounds. I think we're reloading them for less than 30 cents a round complete. And, you know, what do they cost now to buy? 60 cents? 70 cents? So, you know, we're about half the price of what we can buy them for. We are reloading because we're saving a lot of money. We don't have to buy a whole lot of brass. Bullets are a little bit tough. Primers are really tough to find. We do have a fairly decent supply of primers, but Here's how I look at the reloading that we're doing right now. Ammo is tough to get and it's very expensive. And it's probably the worst I have ever seen it in the 15 years that I've been shooting. And it's it's really bad. So I look at re the reloads that we shoot as the ammunition that protects the factory ammunition that I have. Uh, I didn't, I, unfortunately, I did not stock up on enough factory loaded ammo. Uh, but there's good and bad in that. So because I didn't stock up good enough to where I want, I shoot the reloads now. I shoot the reloads, and that keeps me from having to burn up my supply of factory-loaded ammo. CCI, Blazer, Brass, I got a bunch of that. I got a bunch of MagTech and some PMC. I'm not going to disclose the amounts that I have. That's uh, really no one's business, and because of the way things are going, these days, I'm going to be more vague about what is in my possession. And I think that you two should be that you should be that way, too. But suffice it to say that we are reloading a pretty significant amount of ammunition. And uh, that that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's protecting our factory supplies of ammo. So uh, my my friend and I, we share the cost. And see, this is all a survival skill too, folks. You know, I've talked for years about modern day no tinfoil hat survivalism. Doing what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is called part of survival networking. You know, who do you know? Who do you know that has a skill set that can help you survive in today's times? I think that survival network is very important. You know, Glenn Tate and I, a uh, few years back when I was doing today's survival show, Glenn Tate talked about building a prepper team. And uh, you all know if you've read his books or listened to his podcast, he's all about having a prepper team. No one should go through all this alone. And, and the connections and the friends and the family members that you have that can help you with certain skills when times get tough, that, that's important. And even for those of you on the Shooters Club, all you Shooters Club members, uh, there's part two of building a prepper team is on the Shooters Club. You can listen to that podcast. So um, don't don't miss that. And if you're not a member of the Shooters Club, I can I can tell you a little bit later how to how to fix that issue. Okay, but I just want to remind all of you who uh, take part in the Shooters Club and support this show. There are both audio and video podcasts on there, and one of them is Glenn Tate building a prepper team. So my buddy and I, so he has a reloading skill, reloading ammunition, and uh, and I help out. And so I am building that skill, and I'm building a source of ammunition. See, this is this is the kind of mentality that we have to have these days. So that's why I've gotten into it, 
Uh, you guys know I'm, I've always had that, that prepper mindset about me. And the other thing is, and it, what's interesting is I was having a conversation with a fellow competition shooter, a guy that I've, I've met through competition shooting the last several years here in South Texas. He also took a class that Ben Branham and I taught. Uh, I think he took one of our classes that we taught about six years ago or seven years ago. And he was selling a gun at the competition match. And I just, I didn't buy it, but I was just wondering why he was selling one of his guns. And he's consolidating. He's consolidating. And I can, I can understand in the, in these times why, why consolidating is an important thing, important skill. He didn't give me a whole lot of details. It's none of my business really, but it kind of caught my attention when he said that he was kind of, um, consolidating or just reducing what he had I think he's probably downsizing his uh, his firearms ownership to focus on what really matters the most when it comes to his guns uh, I can tell you that that's what I've done uh, I am focusing on what matters the most in other words what do I shoot the most uh, I don't like safe queen guns guns that sit in the safe and that don't do anything. I like to shoot everything that I own. I like to shoot. I like to compete. I like to be able to carry anything that I own. If it's a gun I won't carry, I don't want to own it. If it's a gun I don't shoot, I don't want to own it. I can use that money for more ammo, more reloading components, uh, for a different gun possibly that I do shoot or will shoot more. And in these times, I, I think that that's probably, I th in my opinion, it's an important mindset. You may agree, you may not agree. Um, I'd love to hear your comments. Uh, please feel free to leave me a voicemail, 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. Don't be shy, leave me a voicemail. I'll put you on the Handgun World podcast, and I am sure I'll probably have a comment for whatever you're your question is, and even if you don't agree with me about something, I, I'm an open-minded guy, folks. I've always believed your your mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's open. Yeah, and and closed-minded people are usually not very successful. Closed parachutes are not very successful either. So think about that. So I don't care if you if you want to disagree with me on something, or if you want to agree with me, or add an additional comment to something that I've covered on this episode or past episodes. Call in a voicemail, 210-646-1727. So another thing that I want to bring up is I'm thinking about giving a red dot sighted pistol a, a second try. Uh, I owned a red dot pistol. I owned a Glock 19 Gen 3 with a Trigicon RMR on it, and I tried it for quite some time. And then got away from it, and now I'm thinking about trying a red dotted pistol again uh, in a little bit different way. Uh, I I should have stuck with it a little bit more, but I didn't. But the most important thing is if you have a red dot on your pistol, take a class on how to use it. That's and then and then practice with it a lot. If I make the switch to red dot pistols, then I'm probably going to have to completely make the switch because I don't think I'm going to be able to bounce back and forth between red dot pistols and iron sighted pistols uh, I don't you know I don't think I can do that it's even hard for me sometimes to switch between gun uh, platforms 
you know, going from striker fired to hammer fired to single action only and to revolver and stuff like that. I can't do that. I don't know about you, but I can't I can't do that. I can't master all of them. So I would just rather get good at one. And of course, what you guys know, I've picked striker fired nine millimeter pistols to be specific. Striker fired nine millimeter pistols. And so I'm thinking about going back to a red dot. Um, because there's just some great offerings out there right now. Holison's got great offerings. Um, and, uh, of course, Trigicon's excellent offerings out there, loopholds. And they just keep getting better and better. Uh, and so a friend of mine, the same guy that I reload with, he's got a really nice setup with, um, with a Holison optic on his um, pistol as well as a Holison optic on his uh, AR-15. And it just, it just makes sense. It makes sense, although... I'm not going to say that probably it will make me any faster. I don't think it's going to make me any faster. What I think it's going to do is it's going to give me a better opportunity to see my sights. Or, or my sight because it'll be a, a red dot and that's it. Because I wear corrective lens eyeglasses and, and I don't want to go out and get a pair of shooting glasses. I, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go out and get a pair of specialized shooting glasses because you know why i'm not going to wear those specialized shooting glasses when i'm carrying a gun outside my home or even inside my home the only time i could see myself wearing that is when i'm at a competition match or a training class and why do i want to compete or train in a way that is opposite from the way i carry so i'm not going to walk around every day in life with shooting glasses on i'm going to walk away I'm going to walk around every day with my eyeglasses, my progressive progressive lens bifocal eyeglasses because that's what I have to wear and that's what helps me see better. So the red dot is going to help me see much better. And again, I don't think it's going to make me any faster, maybe not even any more accurate, but it's going to enable me to see the sight. And what's interesting is, most pistols that I've shot with a red dot on them, I see both the red dot and I see the target. Both of them are clear. Both of them are clear, and that's important when I'm shooting with my corrective lenses on, which is, like I said, 90% of the time, that's the way I am. The only time I ever take my glasses off is usually when I'm reading something or when I'm looking at my computer and uh, I'm pretty good at shooting without my glasses as well. My vision is not that bad without my corrective eye glasses. So I'm pretty good at shooting with it. I've practiced that way for many, many years, which I would suggest you do if you wear prescription eyeglasses. Uh, I'm going to say I think you need to practice without your glasses, even if your eyesight's really bad without your glasses, because consider this. What if it's the middle of the night and somebody comes in your house? In the middle of the night, they come in. A bump in the night. They're they're invading your home. Uh, you know, do you sleep with your eyeglasses on? Most people don't. What if you can't get your glasses on quick enough? What if there's not enough time and you got to take a shot? You got to defend you and your family without any eyeglasses on. Can you do it? Have you practiced that? Have you thought about it? Have you practiced it? So I have. 
I have. And I shoot both ways. I shoot with my corrective lenses and I shoot without my corrective lenses. In both ways, a red dot helps me. So I am going to start spending my extra money that I have on two things. And I live by a budget, folks, so it's got to be within my budget. But what I'm going to focus on is I'm going to focus on ammunition, specifically reloading ammunition, and uh, setting up a uh, one of my guns with a red dot again. Uh, and, uh, and it's, and it's going to be a Holison red dot, most likely. So I've talked about reloading. I've talked about consolidating guns in, in, in calibers, you know, and red dots and, and, uh, and reloading ammunition and prepper, prepping and, and developing the prepper mindset and, and, and talked about your, your prepper network and things like that. Some things to consider here. Uh, it's going to be a relatively short episode, but I wanted to get some information out there for you to be thinking about. Now, once I do go back to a red dot, it's going to put me in a different category in competition. It's going to put me in a different division. Uh, normally, I shoot in what's called the stock service pistol division of IDPA or the um, concealed carry pistol division in IDPA. Or if I'm shooting AASA uh, here in South Texas, which is very similar to USPSA, then usually I'm shooting in the uh, production division or what they call a stock auto division. Well, once I once I put an optic on there, I'm going to be put into the carry optics division in IDPA, and I'm going to be put into the optics division. And usually it's it's a little more difficult to place in a higher you know position. Uh, in the in the red dot divisions, simply because there are so many people moving to it, and I I just I think I'm going to have to be one of those people that that moves to it. I still can shoot an iron sighted gun better than a red dot, but I think what I'm going to have to do is make probably a one to two year commitment to a red dot gun. I think that's what I'm going to have to do, make a one to two year commitment. And, and then just make a decision then. It's not something I can 100% make a decision on right now because for me, it's just going to take more practice and more training time, uh, and it's going to take probably a, a year or two. So what are your thoughts on this? I'd like to hear it. 210-646-1727. If you want to email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. I get a lot of good emails handgunworld at gmail.com. I'll tell you, I do read every email. I may not always have the time to respond to everyone, but I respond to most of them. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, and MeWe. Uh, just search Handgun World on any of those. You can also find me on YouTube as well. Uh, search Handgun World on YouTube. It'll take you right to my channel. Also, in the show notes... For every episode, I always put a link to my YouTube. I always put a link to all my social media on there. I put a link to the Shooters Club on there. So it's real easy. Just go to handgunworld.com. Find the show notes for this episode and click on the direct links. Speaking of Shooters Club, there are over 85 awesome videos on there and audio podcasts, special guests, 
information that Ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection and myself put together. It's a joint venture. We've been doing several years now. We have a lot of excellent fine members that get a lot of good benefit uh, from watching the videos and listening to the podcasts. If you're already a Shooters Club member and you got a message from PayPal saying that your membership is suspended, that is because they ha are so anti-gun now that they have decided to cut us off. So forget PayPal, okay? Uh, that's my F word for PayPal. This is a family-friendly show, so I'm not going to use the most common F word, but my F word that I use for them is forget. Forget PayPal. Um, and if, if you got that notice, could you go back and sign up again? And you'll be able to select a different way. PayPal's not charging you anymore. If you got that notice from them, PayPal's not charging you anymore. So we would still love to have you as a member. Again, just re-sign up. Click the link in the show notes, ShootersClubMembers.com, ShootersClubMembers.com. Uh, and you're going to get a special discount on your annual or your monthly membership. Uh, just email me for that first, handgunworld at gmail.com. Ask me for the discount uh, code. I'll send it to you and then go back and re-sign up and get your membership going again at shootersclubmembers.com. That supports my show. That's one of the ways that listeners support this podcast. Well, that's it for episode 534. I've got another podcast that's going to be releasing one week from today and it's going to be the last one of the year it's going to come out on december 20th it'll be the last show of the year uh, and then i'll be picking it back up again in early january and uh, let's see what 2021 holds for us i hope it's going to be a uh, a good christmas season for all of you uh, i know we have a lot of challenges but Let's make it a good Christmas season, shall we? Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, again, there will be one more podcast on the 20th. And then I will be on a uh, Christmas break. Christmas and New Year's break after that. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. This is a practical show done by a practical guy. And that is me. Thanks for tuning in. Remember... Evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.